This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sharp Tongue Podcast. Beep, 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 beep. You're listening to the Sharp Tongue Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse May Peluso. It's a personal look. Well, it's not really a look because it's a podcast. I'm already fucking this up. This is kind of like a verbal comedy diary, a deep look into the crevices of my mind. It's going to get dirty. You might cry. You'll probably laugh. Hopefully you'll laugh. The whole point is for you to laugh, but you also might cry. I talk about my family. I talk about farts. farts. I talk about love, loss, comedy, how hard it is to make it in this biz. I'm a fucking professional. I talk about my dog sometimes. Each week it's something different. Sometimes I have a guest host. Sometimes it's going to be a movie companion episode. Sometimes I just ramble about the bullshit I dealt with the week before. You never know what you're going to get. It's raw, uncut, and funny. It's me. Okay, we're here. Uh, I thought this was a good idea. I didn't consider the bug situation. They are everywhere. Welcome to the Sharp Tongue Podcast. <laughs> I'm your host, Jesse May, and I'm in the middle of a, a Milo field in Kansas. Just making sure my car is locked. <laughs> I have to open my beer. Uh, I am drinking beer in the middle of a field. I'm in Kansas. I decided to just... Oh fuck, I'm dropping off. The whole equipment is falling apart. I am I'm just decided to, you know, record from a wheat field. Well, a Milo field. There's a difference. And I only learned that after dating a farmer. But basically the difference is something that involves machinery and one thing you feed the cow, the other thing you don't. You know, there are f- literally I know what it feels like to be a cow right now cuz there are fucking bugs. All over my face. How do I get this open? I hope... Oh, yeah! Not littering. Putting it right down here like so. This is fun. I thought it'd be something different. I'll probably regret it because I'm going to be eaten alive by mosquitoes. But you know what? I don't have any AIDS blood, so nobody has to worry. Cheers. Little Guinness blonde action. Little blonde out here in the middle of the fields of Kansas. Getting back to my roots. Well, I'm not from Kansas, but it just feels nice to be out in the wilderness. Is this wilderness? I don't know if you consider a Milo field wilderness, but can you guys hear the creatures? Let's see. I can hear them, and it just sounds basically like bug fucking. That's all it is. It's just creatures trying to fuck. There are fucking flies everywhere. I am not built for nature, but you know what I didn't forget? Let me take a sip of this. Hold on. A bug just went up my nose. (coughs) Uh, (coughs) 
I'm so sorry. <laughs> I thought it was a good idea. Okay, I thought I thought it was, and then I didn't consider <laughs> the book <laughs> I'm on Benadryl and beer. I take Benadryl because I'm allergic to beer, so there's that. <laughs> it's just it's just so I can drink the beer. Man, these bugs like to go right in your mouth. Rude. Really rude. How do cows deal with it? I just feel completely invaded right now. I mean, I know I'm cute, but damn. Am I that cute? I can't stand when people have that in their throat, when they get, like, fluids in their throat, and, and they talk like this. It's like, clear your throat before you talk to me, please, because it sounds like you've got Flemmy Flemerston in the middle of your neck, and I don't want to hear it. You guys are probably, like, rude because we can hear all of your phlegm from bugs going inside of your nose. There are so many different types of bugs out in this in this, in this ecosystem of Kansas, I can see all, like, right now in my vision, I can see probably four or five different creepy crawlers. There's, like, the cricket ones that jump 17 feet high. There's whatever these are, <laughs> these creatures that are going in my nostril, nostril gnats, we're going to call them. God damn it. Ah! And then I'm going to put my hoodie up. You know what? Sorry, I'm not going to be real cute this episode. I'm putting my hoodie up. Because these bugs are just plain rude. They're just—it's like I feel like a like a Clydesdale. They're just on the side of my eye, just being very rude. And I don't know, honestly, I'm just on this dirt road off the beaten path in the middle of Kansas. I don't know if this is legal. I don't know whose field this is. I have no idea whose field this is. I don't know what you know if it's kind of like outlaw out here. If the cops don't even intervene, I might get dis- dismembered by one of these Kansas farmers. And you know what? I can't think of a better way to go, just by the salt of the earth. I think one Kansas farmer feeds like 155 people. Well, get ready for Jesse Mace, too. (laughs) I wonder what I would taste like. (laughs) That's really fucked up. But I just, I wonder, I probably wouldn't taste that good just because I know I eat very boring stuff. But once in a while, I have some mac and cheese. So maybe if you catch me, like if they cook me after I've had like a few days of mac and cheese, it won't be so bad for you guys. But if it's just spinach and parsley smoothies that I normally eat in the morning, I feel bad. If the meat's going to be, it's going to be a little, a little dry. I think it's going to be dry, but healthy. It'll be a healthy, lean, dry meat. (laughs) I, uh, I'm on my way back driving cross country. We have a beautiful country. We really do. We have a lot of farmland I just can't believe the amount of farmland that we have. I had no idea how vast it was, especially through Kansas. And when you drive through Utah, Utah looks like Mars, but with a lot of religious influence. (laughs) It's like if Mars were one big-ass Mormon church. Utah's really interesting. There's a lot of aggressive billboards. I'm sure if you guys are longtime fans of this podcast, you know what I'm talking about. When I called 855-4-TRUTH, which are these billboards that they have out in Utah that basically say very religious things. There goes that throat thing. <clears throat> Excuse me. Sorry. So sorry. They have very religious sayings on them. Like one I saw was Jesus is real. Just plain and simple. He's real. You know, he's out there. He's real. He's in life. He's paying bills. He's going to the bank. Uh, another one said, thank your mother for choosing life. Well, 
you know, I don't know if you know Nancy. I don't think she chose life. I think she just one night chose to not use a condom, and I appeared. I think that's kind of how that turned out. I don't really think it was, you know, her being religious and wanting me to be birthed to the hands of God. I'm just going to go out on a limb, on a religious limb, and take a guess. <laughs> a lot of religious signs, and it's just, it's a little aggressive. You know, it's a little aggressive. I get everybody, you know, to each their own. But when you're driving on the highway, the last thing you want to see is like, oh, my sister's calling. The last thing you want to see is like, you know, uh, thank your mom for choosing life. And then they got signs in Kansas. Forget about Utah. They have signs in Kansas. One of them said, keep Kansas clean, which is pretty legit. You know, it's a legit sign. Don't be rude to our state. We, we're feeding a lot of you fat fuckers and regular sized fuckers and skinny fuckers in this country. Keep us clean. I, I respect that sign. Then the next sign after that was, uh, thank your mom for choosing life. Yeah, that's, that's how those signs went. That sign wasn't in Utah. That sign was in Kansas. And it's just like, well, you know, my mom chose life. I'm here. And you want me to keep Kansas clean? Cool. And then the sign after that was adoption, not abortion. Well, I don't know about you, but my adoption is me keeping my mess clean. I'm cleaning up my mess. <laughs> that terrible? I've never had an abortion. I've never even had an adoption. Maybe I'm adopted. That, that, would, be, that would be something that wouldn't surprise me, but I've never, I'm just joking. I never really have had uh, an abortion. Never really. I didn't. I, I, feel, I feel very fortunate, and I've told this to my mother. Like, I feel fortunate that I haven't gotten pregnant. I've never had an STD. I, I've never done coke, and I'm not, if you've done those three things, if those things have happened to you, that's fine. You're living life, you, li you learn by your mistakes, you live and you learn. I'm saying I'm surprised I've made it to 37, which I just turned a week ago Monday. September 16th, I turned 37. That's right, I'll say it. I know it's shocking in all this beauty with this hoodie <laughs> my dirty ass hair. I know it's shocking that in all this glory that I am 37 years old, I am just surprised that I haven't had one of those things cocaine, an STD, or an abortion by now. I feel like I should have a baker's dozen. <laughs> That's not to say that I've lived that hard of a life, but I've definitely lived with a little bit of reckless abandon in my past, for sure, and seven years ago, four scores and seven years ago, four whores, four years ago I was a sore. <laughs> Four whores and seven years ago. That was a story about me and my friends who went out on the, <laughs> to the clubs. <laughs> Uh-oh, here comes a truck. Please don't. Kansas, I'm just here trying to spread a little love. I'm literally, if a car goes by on the dirt road, the whole equipment is just going to be shot to shit like Bobby Lee's back in the podcast studio. I kind of like that the podcast studio is out in nature right now. It feels nice. Speaking of feeling nice, you guys got to come out and see me live. I'm going to be performing. I'm going to be at the Aeronautical University in Prescott, Arizona, September 27th. That's this Friday. I'm also going to be in the mall. Is it the Mall of America? West Edmonton Mall. <laughs> they go up your nose. West Edmonton Mall, the 3rd through the 7th of October. I'm also going to be in... Arizona. I'm going to be in the Mall of America. I'm coming to D.C. 
jessiemay.com for tickets. Please check it out. Come see me live. A portion of your ticket sales will go towards the Alzheimer's Association. So you coming to see me live, you're giving back. Just like that, you're donating. And a portion of merch sales, anything, basically anything you paid to see me or to support me will go to support Alzheimer's disease as well, which is what took my father. It's almost his year anniversary of his passing. October 29th, he passed away, 2018, and that's coming up. A lot of firsts have happened this year for me. It was my first birthday without my dad. It was, it's going to be... His birthday on September 30th, I was scheduled to be born on my father's birthday. I had to take a drink of beer just so I could get through it without crying. <laughs> the bugs have left me alone. Thank you, you little fucking assholes. Finally, they've left me alone. <laughs> I take it back. I spoke too soon. I spoke too soon. I was just, it was just Pearl Harbor here. <laughs> It was Hiroshima, Nagasaki, rude. Letters to Iwo Jima. What the fuck? It's going to be my dad's birthday on September 30th. I was due to be born on the 30th, but they took me out early. If you guys watched last week's episode, my mother talked about the day I was born looking like a fucking frog. And I was scheduled to be born on his birthday. But the weird thing is one of my sisters, Christine Peluso, was born on my father's birthday. So he would have had two daughters celebrating his birthday. So... Yeah, his, his first heavenly birthday, I looked it up, that's what people call it when your loved one's birthday comes the first time that they are in heaven or wherever they go. I don't know. I mean, you look at these skies in Kansas, they're beautiful. They're so vast. You can see them for miles. The sunsets out here are unlike any other sunset that I've seen, save for Arizona. Arizona has beautiful sunsets. Anywhere in the desert has really beautiful sunsets, but Kansas... You can almost believe in God. If you're not a religious person, you come to Kansas and it can change your mind real quick because of how vast the skyline is. And not for nothing, the fucking tornadoes are biblical. Just seeing a, a cone of weather, of just this thing that, that descends from the skies and it comes down and it just obliterates everything in its path, that feels very biblical and also personal. Rude, God, Rude. Uh, I don't know why you're ruining my damn house. Last time I checked, I had an altar dedicated to you in my goddamn food pantry. That's right. That's the only space I had in the house. And I made you a little dedicated <laughs> offering of my snacks with your picture on it. And I had a bunch of Jesus candles. But no, you come down and you ruin my freaking house. But you come here and you can almost believe in God. So I understand why they have those religious signs. They're trying to, you know, they're trying to keep up with the territory out here. They're trying to maintain the religious, the religious vibe. It feels very, very religious. As I'm looking around, I'm just waiting for children of the corn to pop up from the Milo behind me. Oh, there's Ezekiel and Jebediah. <laughs> they should remake that movie. Children of the corn, very Lord of the, Fly, Lord of the Flies-esque movie. Is it Stephen King? Was, was Children of the Corn Stephen King? I can look. Oh, I don't have any fucking Wi-Fi out here because I'm in the middle of the goddamn Milo. But that'd be a good movie for them to remake. I, I would like to see that with the kids, you know, with all their sickles. And, and, the, and they've got those, what is that? Is that what you call that thing? Like the, 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 the Grim Reaper? What is that thing called? Is that a sickle, that, that big old thing? I think they cut wheat with that thing. 
I'd be great at farming. <laughs> I'm very technical with my farming terms. <laughs> but it would be fun to to remake that movie and to watch that. I watched it, which was just it chapter two, I should say, which was it was good. I told you guys it's too fucking long. Too long. Bring children of the corn back. I, I might believe in God if a, if a creepy Ichabod comes out from behind the Milo and, and just <laughs> chops me in half. But I really, you know, I, I have enjoyed traveling. I forget what my point was about, oh, about my dad's birthday. That's right. I went on a long tangent about how they should remake Children of the Corn. Smoke weed. It's so good for you. I, I'm, I, yeah, it's, it's tough. A lot of firsts, you know, having my birthday without him was very difficult. It was a hard realization to process that my birthdays are no longer going to be celebrated with him on this earth and that his birthday we're going to have to celebrate without him there. And, you know, I guess it's the point of things not lasting. It makes you value them. I mean, think about it. It, Just think about how often people take for granted when they think they have things they think they have a surplus of goods. You know, if you think you have, like just for an example, an endless limit, limitless bank account, you probably would sort of lose the value of money and, and, and beyond that, lose the value of working and earning that money as opposed to actually having to work hard for it and not being a completely filth, filthy, rich individual. So that's, that's, that's the downside and upside of, of life ending is that you, you learn the value of moments. And, and when you lose somebody, at least for me, you realize how important it really... <laughs> Another fucking bug. As I'm trying... It's not trying. I'm, I'm just describing how I feel about loss and grieving and the bug just went in my goddamn ear. You really realize the value of moments that you spend with your family. And losing my father, not that I wasn't valuing time with my family prior to that because I'm a huge family person. And you guys know if you watch my Instagram or follow me on social media, I involve them and I'm, I'm with them. I visit them often. But losing my father, I guess the silver lining was it made me remember all of our special times together and how much love we had and how close we were. But it also reinvigorated this want and this desire to spend time with my family without my phone, without me being so attached to it, without the electronics around as much and just actually looking in my family's eyes and enjoying time with them so that's the you know that's the the silver lining and the, and the downfall is you grieve and you cry in Marshall's fitting rooms you know <laughs> You're just looking. you cry at the drop of a dime what do you want from me you know you find you find ways to to grieve and that, that's important I feel like it's got to be hard because as a woman people expect us to cry I gotta let my hair down because I'm getting hot because I'm being so candid here. I feel vulnerable in this goddamn Milo field. I got to brush my hair out a little bit because I'm getting hot in the head. I'm feeling very vulnerable. I'm feeling very exposed. You know, as a woman, I feel like we get a pass. We can cry. People expect us to cry. 
you know? It's just, it comes with the territory of being a woman. It comes, it's in our makeup, it's in our genetic coding for the most of us. A lot of us, we can access our tears easily and society will accept it because we're emotional women. Oh, you must be on your period. No, fucker, I'm not on my period. My dad died and I'm on my period. <laughs> That's a double whammy. That's something I've discovered the fun of. Menstruating and grieving, holy shit, what a double whammy that is. Thanks, nature and universe. That's, the, that's nature and universe working together to kick our ass. They're like, oh, as if bleeding from your vag isn't enough for a week. Remember that time your dad took you on your first bike ride? Have fun. We know you're at Target, but here's this memory. By the way, Target just ran out of tampons. Like, it's just... It, it, these crazy moments happen and these memories rush and flood your mind and you let out the waterworks. And I feel bad for men because I feel like society has sort of created this stigma around men crying, which is just fucking bullshit. It's really fucking bullshit. Because at the end of the day, women, we want you to access your emotions. We want you emotional. We want you vulnerable. We want you to cry. Just not while you're inside of us. It's very simple. <laughs> it's very simple. We can cry while you're inside of us. It just doesn't work the other way around, okay? Please, no coital tears. Also gonna be the title of my DVD, Coital Tears. <laughs> Look, if you don't entertain yourself, what's the fucking point? Okay? Focus on the process, not the outcome. That's what I say. That's what I've been trying to implement into my life. Speaking of life, the amazing life coach Brett Costin, who I've spoken about on this podcast, who I discovered through reading Brian Cranston's autobiography, A Life in Parts, which if you are a fan of reading, which I hope you are, and also a fan of reading memoirs, Brian Cranston's memoir is outstanding. He's a terrific writer, terrific actor and, and now a entrepreneur with Dos, uh, Dos Hombres is at the Mezcal Company with him and Aaron Paul, which I can't wait to try. But Brian Cranston mentions that he started to book jobs after seeing and meeting this life coach, Breck Costin. And that was the first I had heard of Breck. And then my, my dear friend, Chris McClure, a.k.a. Christopher McClure, my writing partner, you guys know he's been on this podcast talking about his also dead father. He introduced me to Breck, and I started going to Breck, and that's one of Breck's teachings. Focus on the process, not the, not the outcome. You know, and, and where this is implemented in this whole grieving thing is I feel like we just need to focus on the process of grieving, not worry about what people fucking think. Who cares if you're crying in line at a grocery store? <laughs> Who cares? You know, it's life. Every single person on this earth cries, except for maybe Hitler, Stalin, and, and um, all the other dictators, Trump. I doubt Trump cries. You know, I just, I imagine there's very few people who have tear ducts that work. The rest of us cry. And it's okay to cry. As a dude, I want you to cry. That's your job for this week. <laughs> It's to cry. Lord knows I've been doing my fair fucking share. And when the hormones are kicking, it is hard to turn off the waterworks, boy. 
I wish you guys could see this beautiful setting, Kansas sun. I may also be high. Don't judge. Okay? I don't want to hear judgment. I'm, my uteral, uteral lining is filling up with blood. My hormones are raging. I want to bone every Milo stalk here. I'm so horny I want to bone wheat. And I'm also crying at the drop of a dime. So let me just have my moment, please. <laughs> and I feel for you dudes, man. It must be hard to date us. And just trying to understand us, those of you who make the efforts to try and be understanding of our wild womanly ways, the W squared, World War III, you know, we can't, we really can't control our hormones sometimes. And we really appreciate you just being patient with us. Just get us snacks, keep us warm, keep us fed, and just pet us and back away. You know, make sure you've got a safe a safe zone, get, get the panic room, get in your Jodie Foster panic room <laughs> once we start bleeding. I feel for you guys because it's got to be very difficult to date us. It's like, you know, we, we freak out on you. I know I've done this to my boyfriend and I know other women have done this where you just, the day before the Red River comes a-flowing and Pocahontas is in her raft, just rafting down the Red River... The day before that happens for us, we freak out. You ever just have those days as a woman where you're just crying? And everybody is, you just can't stand anybody. Everyone's driving you nuts. You just want to punch a wall. Just a barista smiling at you sets you off. You scream at your man. I feel for you guys. We yell at you. And then the next day when we start to bleed, everything makes sense. We're like, oh, that's why. I really thought I was turning into a demon. They used to burn witches, you guys. I'm pretty sure it was just women who were cycling, women who were on their period, and we were going nuts, and they used to throw us up on the stake and just set us on fire. You know what? Sounds like a really nice relief. <laughs> so just set us on fire. <laughs> it sounds like a nice break from these emotions and these uncontrollable thoughts and, and tears. It gets exhausting. It gets fucked. Goddamn bugs. It gets fucking exhausting. And then you throw grief into the mix. Well, that's why I needed a beer and a Benadryl today. I just needed to make sense of it all. My first birthday without my dad. What the fuck, universe? What the hell? It's not fair. He's supposed to be here. Him and I are supposed to be shooting the shit. Now his birthday's coming up and I gotta... Look forward to that. Well, what? no wonder I'm feeling all of these emotions. No wonder I'm like angry one day and then sad the next day and confused. And I just want to take a moment to thank people, friends, fans, my team, my assistant, just my, my peers in the comedy industry who've reached out to me, anybody who has been patient with me, anybody who has reached out, sent good vibes my way, come out to a show and shared a story about your dad or commiserated with me, my agents who have been understanding and anybody who has connected with me and has been patient and, and shared a little love, you, you don't understand how much that means to me, how much it honestly keeps me going. Because these past few weeks, in the, in the middle of my first birthday without my dad, his first birthday in heaven, wherever the fuck that is, 
and the anniversary of his death all coming up within weeks of each other. <laughs> what the fuck? My birthday was September 16th. His is September 30th. And he passed away on October 29th. So it's just like one after another, these, these gut punches, these emotional gut punches that I'm just trying to, you know, bob and weave through. And that's the other thing. When it comes to emotions and grieving, don't avoid them. You don't brush those emotions aside. You process them. It's not about getting over the grief. It's about getting through the grief. It's about being in those moments of grief and feeling that pain, feeling that loss, allowing yourself to also remember the good times and to laugh at a memory and to yearn for them and to miss their voice. All of those things are so important to process, to sit in, to allow yourself time to experience because that is the path to healing. That is the most beautiful aspect of life. What an honor to be able to grieve somebody. What an honor to be able to feel that, that love. It's just a feeling of love with no place to go. That's, I think Queen Elizabeth said that. I've said this quote many times because I just love it. Grief is the price we pay for love. And it's just another aspect of a relationship that where love was and that love not being able to go anywhere. So you're just experiencing this pain and it's just important to sit in it and it's important to learn the process and what's good for you. So I put together a couple of my go-to ways and how I've been dealing with the grief. My, my preliminary stages of grief, if you will, I've, I've so far come up with about six I'm going to do, well, maybe we'll do three on this one and three on the next podcast. But, you know, the stages of grief are, it, it's, it's pretty consistent, I'd say. And basically, I've experienced them not all in one order. I've experienced some one day, some the other. I've experienced them in a, in a revolving pattern. Um, I've, I feel like I'm going through it in a, like it's brand new. I feel like I'm experiencing grief all over because of the time frame. as you know, my, my father, my birthday, my father's birthday and the, the, the passing of his, the anniversary of his passing. So the, the stages of grief it's like acceptance, right? Um, denial, anger. Um, there's accept. Uh, did I say acceptance? I'm wondering if I can check. Let's see if I can check the stages here. Let's see if my phone works because I'm trying to rattle these off, and I just, you know, it's a very difficult situation when you're being eaten to shit by bugs and trying to rattle off stages of grief after you've had a Benadryl. <laughs> and a beer. <laughs> Here we go. Stages of grief. We've got five. It's a, it's the Kubler Ross stages of grief that I'm trying to rattle off to you fuckers. I apologize. <laughs> 
Oh my God. It's just, it's just because it's so brutal. I don't want to go through it. It's five or six. I mean, five is pretty standard, but there's denial, anger, which I feel like I'm experiencing right now and, and just not being able to remember the goddamn stages of grief. I shouldn't say goddamn in the Milo field. Bargaining. Oh, bargaining is brutal. Bargaining might be one of the worst stages of grief. It's, it's just like pleading and, 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 wa- and wanting to like exchange something for their life back. It's so frustrating. Depression, I've, I've definitely experienced that on a revolving fucking door. And acceptance. So those are like the standard Kubler-Ross model of, of, of um, grief, the stages of grief. Denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. And, you know, for me, it's like <laughs> I just... Those sound great, and I've experienced them all, but how do you process those? Not everybody can process that. I heard a creature. I fucking heard something in the woods, in these, in these Milo fields. I swear, if Ichabod comes through <laughs> with his freaking Grim Reaper knife, I'm out, and I'm leaving the podcast equipment, and that's it. So basically, I've guess I've created my own little stages of grief, but it's more about how I process each of those from the Kubler-Ross method. And so for me, one way that I have processed the five stages of grief is exercise. And I know that sounds really like, oh, really exercise? But yeah, fucking exercise. Think about a dog that's unexercised, how insane it is, how angry it is, how just difficult it is to deal with. Humans are the same way. And then you throw in a little peppering of grief. Well, fuck you, buddy. No one's going to want to deal with you. Ex- exercise is vital. And you know what? It, it doesn't have to be boring. I mean, you can go for a jog. You can go for a walk with your dogs. You can do lunges through a Target parking lot. You can do squats in your living room. Whatever it is, get your heart rate rolling. Get, get your blood pumping. Ble- I was going to say bleed. Sweat and bleed. Fuck it. Bleed if you need to. But one of my favorite ways to make it... Oh, my Syracuse accent just came out. One of my favorite ways to make it fun is I like to get high and go to the gym. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. I like to get high and go to the gym. It's one of my favorite things to do. Um... It's great for people watching. And, you know, there is some science. I've read a couple articles on Twitter, so you know it's real, to the the efficacious, the efficacy, efficacy? (laughs) I'm trying to say a really big word. How do you say it? There is something to the result of being able to be high and work out and how it can yield a positive workout, how you can actually... Oh, God, there's a car coming down the highway. (laughs) Let's see how this goes, guys. Oh, fuck, it's coming really fast. As I'm sitting here trying to stay efficacious, I'm going to get fucked by this car. (laughs) The efficacy. There's something to the efficacy of working out while you're high. That's got to be the right way to say it. If you guys want to confirm or deny, please make sure you tweet me. uh, Hashtag Sharp Tongue Podcast or hashtag STP, and let me know if I'm saying efficacious correctly. In the meantime, let's see how we do with this car passing us by. (laughs) It's going to pass by in, I'd say, probably about a minute. It's coming down the highway very fast. I doubt it's going to see the camera, so I might lose you guys in a couple minutes. But you know what? That could be really fun. 
It can make for a great video. Katie could have a good time. Rec- uh, <laughs> oh, God, it's coming so fast. <laughs> the other part of working out high. Oh, man, I'm glad I'm on some Benadryl and weed and beer right now because I'd be really stressing out about this car coming. But in the, in the interim, I'm just sort of excited to see how it works out. This car's coming down. He's starting to slow down. See, people in Kansas are really nice. They're very friendly. I'm going to wave at him. Hi. How are you? I'm just podcasting. I don't know if these are your Milo Fields. What's up, guys? How are you? <laughs> Can you hear the car engine? I'm going to get high and watch you work out later. So exercise. <laughs> I knew a car was going to come at some point. It's probably their field, and they probably sent out their sons to check out what drunk blonde was in the Milo Fields recording. Um, the thing about the gym that I love when I'm high is people watching. There's a, there's like this, I feel in every gym, there's like the old, old dudes who come who aren't really working out correctly, but because they're giving it their all, they get a pass. You know, they're in gym shorts that they've had since they went to high school or college and they're doing these weird like little punches with like three pound weights. Good for you. Good for you. Okay, Merle, I'm glad that you're doing it. I don't care that you have socks on and sandals at the gym or that I can see your adult diaper through a hole in your shorts. I'm glad you're here. And just for, for you being here, I'm going to give you a little clavage. Yes, I am. I give them a little clavage. I show them a little clavage. I give them a little winky wink, and I let them know that they're doing it. Good for you, still living. Good for you, celebrating your birthday. My dad is dead. <laughs> That's another thing. When someone you love has died, you tell everybody. It's almost just, it's just a throwaway. It's like, hi, how are you? My dad is dead. Oh, yeah, I'll have the salmon in my dad is dead. It's just something that you say all the time. I think it helps you come to terms with the realization. (laughs) The sun is setting. We have to get through this before the creatures come out of the Milo. Uh, The other thing that I love at the gym are the women in the full makeup. What are we doing? Why are we contouring? Why are we squatting and contouring? Why are we putting on foundation while we're getting fit? I don't understand it. Who cares? Let your chimples shine. That's right. I call them chimples, chin pimples. Let them shine. Let them get their 15 minutes of fame at the gym. Enough with the lashes and the foundation and the makeup. Let it go. Let it go and let God. From Kansas lips to your ears, stop wearing makeup at the gym. You look fucking ridiculous. Just sweat it out like the rest of us and look like roadkill like the rest of us, okay? I'm sick and tired of it. So exercise, that's my one way to process it. Number two, number two way to process the stages of grief for me, crying. (laughs) Simple. Look how simple it is, guys. Number one, exercise. Number two, crying. Anywhere and everywhere. Let it out. Let it out. Be proud. Don't worry about what other people think. Who cares if someone sees you? Who cares if you run into somebody you know? And you know what? In that far off chance, and not even far off, in the likelihood that you're crying in public, somebody, just somebody, a stranger even, may ask if you're okay. And it gives you an opportunity to strike up a conversation which may or may not, but possibly help you get through that moment. So cry. For me, I know it started out with me just crying on my closet floor in the fetal position after I was, you know, just literally purging through every single article of clothing, even my thongs, because I just wanted to occupy the space in my mind 
where stress existed because of me not knowing how to deal with grief. So I just cleaned out every single piece of, of clothing and then it made me exhausted and I was crying in the fetal position on my closet floor. And then I realized, you know what? I can cry. I don't need to cry in here. And then it, and then it was me like crying in elevators, you know, just sort of sniffling in between floors. <laughs> and then in my car, started crying in my car and not caring if someone I passed who I'm never going to fucking see again would see me crying. Let them create a whole narrative. Let them deal with that confusion, you know? And then it just ended up with me flat out crying. I will cry anywhere now. I've cried in the middle of coffee orders. I've cried um, in doctor's offices. I cried when an OBGYN had her fingers inside of my vagina. That was because she told me I had a, 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 <laughs> a deep cervix. <laughs> I've cried everywhere. So let it out. Let it out and be proud. Who cares? Life is short. Cry. Feel those emotions. Go through that grief, even if you're in public. No one is, is too good, and no one should feel ashamed of crying in public. Let it out. And number three way for me to process my grief, hiking. Wow. I got to say, getting high and going hiking has become one of my favorite pastimes, just in general. But also, there's this amazing, almost... Like, it, it almost becomes a meditative experience. Once you get, like, 15, 20 minutes, sometimes half an hour into your hike, turn your phone off, listen to the sounds of nature, listen to the creatures coming through the milo, listen to the crickets, even just as simple as the sound of your feet on the gravel path. It does something to your brain. I think there's a very meditative experience that comes with focusing on one task and it's so healing for your brain and I'm sorry I'm trying to get through this <laughs> I swallowed another bug fuck oh, there's definitely something meditative about hiking it allows your brain to access these emotions that you may without realizing, you may have suppressed. You may have suppressed these emotions without even realizing it. And, and hiking allows you to access those emotions and, and allow them to be processed and allow yourself time to grieve. And I have to tell you, this amazing thing happened. And I'm not a religious person. I'm spiritual. I don't deny the existence of God. I just believe in evolution and I believe that there is a spiritual realm to our existence and where we go after this physical life, I'm open to. I hope there is an experience beyond this physical being that we have. I hope there is something beyond this vessel, this physical vessel that we live and exist in within our lifespan. I really truly do. Just for the sake of it validating me talking to my God, to my dad. I was going to say my God. <laughs> my dad is my God. Just, just in the realm of me being able to talk to my dad, I hope that there is an existence beyond this physical life because it would validate me speaking to him out loud and it would validate me talking to him and, 
in my car and, and on my hikes and while I'm at the gym or while I'm crying in a fitting room. I really truly do hope that. I hope that there is something beyond all of this, you know, and in, in the far off chance that there is something beyond this, I, you know, maybe, maybe I'll run into my dad again. Who knows? Maybe I'll run into old Joey P. Maybe him and I will have a beer. You know, I'm not a religious person. It's, 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 it's more of a spiritual thing. I feel like I haven't, you know, my whole life, I haven't really needed or wanted to seek out religion to make sense of things. I've searched out other avenues. Marijuana has helped me access that thought process and me being able to become in t- uh, attuned or become allow my emotions to be accessible to me and to my mind to be able to process it. So for me, I just, I, I really, I, I hope that there is something beyond this and I, and I can run into my pops again. And being able to process my grief has allowed me to have another relationship with him. It's allowed me to make sense of his passing and some days I don't. Some days it's fucking hard. Some days it's really fucking hard, you know? But other days I'm okay. I'm doing okay. And that's the most important thing for everybody to know. You're doing okay, man, woman. You're doing fine. We're all doing the best we can. We really, really are. And I feel like I had this grandiose point to make before flies were th- flying in my throat and I had people calling me. But I guess the point is to... Feel those grief emotions. Allow yourself time to grieve. And for me, I, it's been difficult these past couple weeks. And just in, this past year has been fucking hard, losing him and trying to work and create content and, and go out and do my gigs and hopefully make you guys laugh and hopefully make you guys connect with me through my grief and realize you're not alone through yours. And I realize that maybe I've been doing too much. And that's another thing. Know when to stop. And so I've been trying to take those moments of calm. And I find those moments of calm in my exercise, in my crying, and in my hiking. (laughs) Who cares if I need beer, Benadryl, and weed to get it done? (laughs) Seriously, who cares? It's your process. Okay, focus on the process, not the outcome. And I think the process is experiencing life and just being grateful for what you have. And, and that I am. I am very grateful for what I have. And I, I, I hope you guys are able to find some peace if you're going through experiencing grief as well. And shout out to everybody in the Dead Dads Club. Shout out. You're not alone. Look at me. I'm doing fine. I'm beer and Benadryl buzzed on the side of a highway eating bugs. It doesn't get better than this. And guess what? The equipment didn't get run over by a bunch of Kansas boys. Hey, things are looking up. (laughs) Fuck. Fuck. Man, well, I guess I don't need to eat dinner now. What was it, a cricket? Shit. Thank you guys for listening, for watching. I'll give you the rest of my processing grief tips. 
I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call them my, my grief survival guide, if you will. So step one, exercise. Step two, cry it out. Step three, go hiking, even if you need to get high before you do it. Let it happen. Just experience it. Go through the process. And, um, <coughs> God, there's still a bug in my throat. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for supporting the podcast. Please rate and review us. Leave a comment. Let me know how you're liking the podcast. Shout out to my sponsors, Absolute Extracts, for supplying me with my amazing Dart Pod, which I can't wait to hit before I go to bed. I've got Mimosa, which is a really delicious strain. Helps me sleep nice. I'm realizing that it, through the, these past couple weeks, it's really helped me catch a little extra shut-eye, take some naps, which I never did before. Naps are fucking amazing. Ah! <laughs> they went right in my ear. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you have an amazing week. I love you. Shout out to my dad, Joey P. His birthday is September 30th, so send good vibes wherever he is. Wherever you are, dad. If you can hear me, I don't have the fart machine. I love you. I, I, I missed you on my birthday, but I will be doing a very special Dead Dads Club podcast recording on my father's birthday, September 30th. I'll be interviewing three different comedians, all who have lost their fathers, so I will be going over grieving processes that they have experienced and that works for them to also help you guys further. So look out for that. My dad's death anniversary, I guess you want to call it, is October 29th. So I'm hoping to do a special podcast for that. Maybe he'll come back from the dead and fart on the microphone for us. You know, a dreamer can dream. Well, here from the Milo Field in beautiful Kansas, America, Thank you, and good night. I don't know why I made it sound very dramatic, but <laughs> I'm just kind of scared realizing it's about to get dark, and I don't know how to get home. <laughs> Fuck. I'm such a fucking idiot. I'm packing up to leave, and I'm sitting here because I'm on beer and Benadryl thinking, wait, I know there was something I forgot. I was telling you how there was this amazing experience I had while I was on my hike. And then I went off on this 10-minute tangent about me not believing in God, but basically it sounded like I did because I was talking about talking to my dad through the clouds. Anyways, <laughs> I had to record again because I'm like, I can't leave them without telling them about what this amazing experience was. So I went hiking. I got high, and I went hiking in the Tobihana State Park. This was just last week before I had my gigs. I had a gig at Albright College. Marty and I went naturing so hard in the Poconos. My, my comedy brother, Marty Caproni. And, and then we had a gig at the University of Scranton. So I went to the Tobihana State Park. I got high. I was with my three dogs, Carlin, Bunny, and Chaplin. And, you know, I'm trying to be in the moment and experience nature and not use my phone. And, but I used my phone a couple times. I took some butt videos and some butt photos and was doing my average thing of being on my phone and checking social media. And then I was like, what the fuck am I doing? I'm ruining this experience by not being present. I'm surrounded, literally surrounded by nature. Like, you couldn't get any more nature-y than Tobihana State Park. It is literally one of the most beautiful hikes I've been on. So if you're in that area, get high and go. Or just go if you don't smoke weed. I don't care. Do you? But I'm on this hike, and I'm on my phone. Then I decide to put my phone away. I did all my butt photos and my butt pics and my butt videos, which you can see on my Instagram page. And soon to be available for Patreon only. We're going to be doing foot photos. We're going to be doing butt stuff, but not in a gross way. 
in a way where we can raise some awareness and charity for Alzheimer's through Patreon, which is going to be set up soon. But I'm on this experience. I'm on this high hike with my dogs. I put my phone away and it's about an hour in and I start to talk to my dad. I start to really talk to him. I apologize to him. I told him how hard I tried to balance everything that year when he got sick and how I, I, I tried to be there for him as much as I could. I was living in L.A., and he was sick in Syracuse, New York. And flying back and forth, I used up all my miles, all my free time. Everything was spent going back to my family and trying to help and feeling like I wasn't doing enough because I wasn't there and I couldn't do what everybody needed because I couldn't be there the time that I wanted to be and feeling so guilty but trying to be present and just saying all this stuff out loud in the hike and, and I was bawling. I was crying that type of cry you cry where it's like from, it's not even a physical, it's like almost like a, a universal, like a cosmic cry where it was my whole body and I was bent over and it, it's the kind of cry where afterwards you feel a little bit more healed. And so I continued to walk and cry and talk to my dad. And, and I often do this thing where I ask if he's here. I'm always like, are you here? Where are you? I want to talk to you. I've told him so many times I want to hear his voice. And I asked if he was here. And, and I'm not religious. I, I hope there's something beyond this. I don't know if there is, but I hope there is. And maybe hope is enough of a motivator for some sort of belief. But I just was asking if he was there, and I just was crying and walking, and I, I started to calm down. And I swear, through my tears, I could hear another set of footprints of someone walking. Not a set of footprints, but hear a set of feet walking on the rocks. And I'm not, you know... I'm pretty practical, but I wasn't scared. I wasn't positive, but I heard it right next to me, like feet walking on the gravel. And I hadn't heard it before the whole hike. And even prior to walking and crying before, I, I didn't hear it. And I heard it. And... The point is, I don't need to know if it was him or not. I believe it was. I believe it was. And that's enough. And me being okay in that moment, and, and being in that moment allowed me to experience something that I don't need someone to give me proof on. I don't need to go back out there and do a forensic check where I walked and have somebody, you know, I don't need Mythbusters to come and, debunk my experience because that's not what it's about grief is about you getting through it and that moment helped me deal with what I was feeling that day that moment happened and it made that hike so much more special and it made me feel at peace and it made me feel in the moment so I just wanted to get back on and tell you guys my awesome experience I mean, it either was my dad or the weed was really good. <laughs> either way, I'm sticking to it. <laughs> Don't forget the three ways to help you get through the stages of grief. Exercise, crying, and hiking. They work. Thanks, guys.
seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.